0: I've always been very results-oriented, and for myself personally, I've often equated my own worth to productivity, but I think this has been, over the last couple of years, it's been a really important reminder that, you know, in order to drive results, you really have to take care of your people. Hi, I am Sophie Vaux,
1: and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show... I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insights to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin! This
0: episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, Appideal, an all-in-one growth platform for mobile app creators of any size. While you have probably heard about Appideal as a mediation solution, it has already expanded into much more than that. Appideal unlocks access to a new generation of advanced business intelligence tools, including LTV forecasting, user acquisition and creative automation, and of course, the mediation platform that can work out of the box or be managed manually. Being one of the very few independent platforms left in the market, AppaDeal delivers unbiased solutions for mobile app creators to establish and scale their businesses rapidly. Sign up at AppaDeal.com. So today I'm very
1: excited to have Vanessa with me and sitting down with her. Before we start, a little bit more about Vanessa. So Vanessa Huani is the Senior Vice President of Publishing at leading mobile entertainment studio, Gem City. In this position, she is responsible for managing best-in-class relationships with key platform partners and leading brand strategy and product marketing across Jam City's portfolio of games. Prior to joining Jam City, Vanessa served on the mobile publishing team at Global Video Game Publisher Electronic Arts. She contributed to a successful launch of highly rated original and licensed games such as Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes and The Simpsons, Tapped Out and FIFA. So hi, Vanessa. How are you today? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. So let's start So with a question of what energizes us. So what is energizing you, you know, and what is exciting for you these days in your life? Personally,
0: I'm actually working on my most exciting accomplishment, which is that I'm making a human. <laughs> um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just turned 40 two weeks ago, and I'm seven months pregnant with my first child. So That is what is energizing me these days or or rather maybe draining me a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. How
1: does it feel for you going forward? How are you preparing the work with your position and
0: responsibilities? This has definitely been an adjustment for me because I've spent probably a large portion of my career really prioritizing work and not my personal life. And I think what you discover with pregnancy is that even if your mind doesn't want to slow down, your body forces you to. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I was in my first trimester, not a lot of people knew that I was pregnant, especially not at work. I was suffering from really, really horrible morning sickness. I was very tired. And I had kind of committed myself to flying to San Francisco for GDC. And I remember just having so much anxiety leading up to it, thinking, how am I going to get on this plane? How am I going to get on this plane? And the morning of, I decided to back out. And and I listened to my body and I canceled my flight and I let my team know. And uh, it was the best decision that I've ever made because I just really wasn't at a place at that point where I was able to. But it's definitely, I think, an adjustment because as women I think we we often feel like we have to power through so I think you know there's a lot of pressure that we put sometimes often on ourselves to push through and and really your body tells you that it's not possible which is uh which is a shift
1: I am pretty sure that is quite a change as well or uh, physically like you have mentioned You are forced and then the mind comes like, "Mm, can I really do this?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm curious as well as uh, you come to the point where you had to share with your team, what was, uh, you know, how were you feeling before you had
0: to share or how did this happen? How did this conversation go? I think most of my team, I mean, everybody actually um, was super supportive and excited for me, I think, because I've waited so late in life to, to have children. But uh, yeah, everybody was very supportive. And thankfully, you know, I, I knew that I had sort of a good team that I could lean on through throughout the journey. So that was super, super helpful. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that I mentioned, you know, that I struggled a little bit with was like this this self-imposed pressure to keep kind of pushing through. I watched a really amazing documentary, Um, Expecting Amy with Amy Schumer. Um, And that was really, really eye opening for me, because it, it kind of chronicles her journey. And she had a very, very challenging pregnancy. And she was still trying to do her like stand up tour and record her Netflix special, or HBO special. And it made you realize like oh we need to actually tell ourselves to slow down a little bit and and allow ourselves to kind of go through this process because you're you you're creating something from scratch you're creating a human from scratch so naturally your body needs a little bit of time um, and grace to 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 get there and part of the adjustment as well.
1: So how do you see uh, your return to work? Have you thought about it? You know, what's your approach uh, to As
0: You are also quite close, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I actually just sat down and started planning out my my leave, which, you know, is for every country is very different in the US. Uh, I think it's it's complex, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of like planning that has to go into how you submit for that leave. So I'm trying to kind of like Wrap my head around all of that, but I would say, you know, the thing that I think is is challenging is, you know, there's a lot of feelings that come up when you wrap your head around the idea of taking several months off of your career. I've worked pretty much nonstop since I was 18 years old, so I don't know anything other than working. So the mm-hmm. the idea of stepping away for several months at a time it brings up, you know, feelings of guilt because I feel. Like, oh, no, I'm putting so much pressure on my team where they're going to have to carry the, the load for me. There's a lot of anxiety that comes up. Like, if I'm not there, you know, what's going to happen? Or how, you know, how difficult is it going to be for me to come back to work? Um, in those moments that I have, you know, the, that, that those sort of feelings come up, I think I have to remind myself, first of all, I'm not the first woman um, to, to get pregnant and go on mat leave. Um, and that there's always there's always something going on in your company no matter what time of the year it is and so there's really never a good time and we just all get through it right and so yeah it's been it's been interesting I, i'm excited for it um because i think again you know as i mentioned i haven't prioritized my personal life over my work life really throughout my entire career and this is the first time that i'm going to be doing that and um and so i'm super excited about it i think it's going to be Definitely a different change of pace to wake up and not get on Zoom or not look at my calendar <laughs> for a bit um, and have, have different challenges. <laughs>
1: and if I may ask as well, how did you feel as well as the work environment? Because this is a reality in some places, as I heard also other testimonials, that it didn't always feel supported. And there, it's coming from actual facts that there's a concern of having their place or responsibilities when they return Um, How is Jam
0: City approaching it? And maybe can you give uh, more visibility to it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that actually drew me to Jam City um, when I first joined six years ago uh, was that the leadership, I I could really um, see that they embraced work-life balance and that they are uh, family people. Um, You know, our CEO and and our COO, uh, they're very, very, um, you know, family oriented. Uh, Every spring break, they take off. doesn't matter what going on mm-hmm. you know in the company they're there um, with their families uh, and and so i think that was a really good indicator for me that from a, a value standpoint um, that we that we had alignment there and so i feel i feel very supportive in that manner i think obviously um, the nice part about sort of what's happened over the last couple of years with work from home is there's a lot more flexibility now i, I have um friends who had children throughout covid and even when they were returning back from maternity leave, their kids were still at home. Um, you know, they had a nanny there that was obviously watching them. Uh, but they had the opportunity to to see these like special milestones um, that they might have missed had they had had to go back to an actual office. And so that I think is um, something that I'm really looking forward to because I realize that's that's not something that people you know had five, ten years ago um, the opportunity to do. you might I might actually get to see first steps or, you know, hear first words or things that, um, again, might have been heard by, you know, somebody in the daycare or a nanny um, versus mm-hmm. myself. So then let's get more into
1: also the position that you have at MCD. So I'm also uh, curious as well as such a high executive level. So as a senior VP on publishing in product marketing, what is your role and mission? How are you organized with teams? And you
0: know, what is the difference of high-level work and operations you have with this role? Yeah, so uh, I, I oversee our publishing team. Um, really, our main focus is making sure that we can find new ways to bring our players into our game um, while exist, uh, engaging our existing players. And so some of that's through you know, co-marketing opportunities. Some of that's through optimizing our storefront creative um, and some of it's through, you know, 360 marketing campaigns, brand partnerships, celebrity and social campaigns. So we're, we're constantly, um, you know, working very closely with our product team to understand what's the, you know, what's the product roadmap and how can we look for opportunities to, to bring more people into the game while engaging our existing ones. So we have um, a team of about 20 folks um, who are responsible for those kind of key areas. So partnerships product marketing, social, and app store optimization kind of all live within um, our team. Uh, And so we work really, really closely. We kind of are a hub and spoke in a lot of ways um, because we're working with a lot of our internal development teams, but then we're also working externally with all of our partners, whether it's Apple or Google or our licensed partners like Disney and WB, Um, So we're really uh, the ones who are kind of interfacing with all of those various different teams and and partners throughout uh, our our game development process.
1: It's a lot of uh, responsibilities, you know, under the same umbrella. And so I wonder as well, in terms of focus and priorities for you, what are you really handling? Like, is it really on the team level or
0: are you also doing the strategy? Yeah, so I... I'm grateful that I have really amazing leaders that are underneath me that are driving a lot of the strategy for the individual disciplines. Um, So whether it's, you know, looking at what new channels we want to go after from a marketing perspective, or what, you know, campaigns or celebrities make the most sense. um, For me, you know, definitely looking at, okay, what are some larger macro trends that we're seeing? Um, Where are we seeing certain challenges that we need to lean in more? Um, If we're seeing, you know, certain, games that are, um, you know, struggling a little bit, or, um, you know, there's there's sort of a new platform that we want to take advantage of. TikTok is one that, you know, everybody right now is is mm-hmm. trying to figure out kind of how we tackle TikTok from a bunch of different angles. And so, um, yeah, working working on sort of the strategy um, that kind of touches across the entire umbrella of what we do, um, but also a large part of what I do um, is, is really around the people uh, and making sure that, you know, I'm able to to be sort of a leader to um, the, the team underneath me, um, keeping them motivated, obviously keeping them focused on, you know, the biggest priorities that are going to move the needle. Um, so that's a large part of, of what I, what I uh, focus on.
1: And so focusing here on the people part, what's your approach to team and organization and the things
0: that really you care about in your leadership style? Yeah, absolutely. So, My team is not all based in one location, but we are very tight knit. And I think that that's, you know, always something that has been very, very important to me is, you know, relationships are so key, whether it's, you know, relationships with your own team, or relationships with people that you're working with, you know, internally or externally. And so although we're not all in one location, I think everybody does a really phenomenal job of of supporting one another. And pitching in where they can. You know, I think as I look at myself as a leader and sort of the things that are most important to me, I think there's a couple of values in particular that really, really resonate with me. One is, is empathy. I think this is this is very, very important for me, especially because I want to create an environment where people feel safe and that, that whether it's my team or, or colleagues, they feel like they can come to me, discuss challenges that they're having or share their unique perspectives, even if they're maybe not the, you know, the common or shared perspective, that's really, really important and understanding where everybody is at, not only, you know, in their professional life, but also in their personal life. And that's something that has come up a lot more, you know, throughout the last couple of years as, as people are facing more challenges in their personal lives that, you know, sort of tends to, to affect, you know, work. The other one is passion. I think passion is, is super important. It's so contagious, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we're looking to hire somebody or, you know, or sort of looking to bring somebody onto our team, it's really important for me to, to find folks who are passionate about what they do, because it can be incredibly unmotivating. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can see when somebody is not, you know, not passionate and And you can, you feed off that energy, you know, so that's, that's really, really super important. And, and I try to, you know, embody that as well. I really love what I do. And I hope that that comes through um, in, in everything that I, that I touch. Another one is humility. I think this is really important, especially as leaders, because we don't always make the right decisions. In fact, sometimes we, you know, we make them, you know, more often than not. And I think it's really important for us to be able to own up to that and recognize that we don't always make the right choices but creating a space where people feel like they can be accountable for both their you know their wins and maybe their misses i think it just creates a lot more honesty and 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 trust with the team and then the last one is transparency so this one is also something that i feel is really important you know in order for us to build trust with our teams we really have to be able to be honest with them about what's working what's not working And I find that even though it's not always possible to give, you know, every, you know, all all the info, I think when you leave people in the dark, it really impacts their ability to make sound decisions. And and so I want to make sure that as people are going out and, and making choices that affect our business, that they do so with all of the facts. And so I think that's, you know, that's another one that's really important to me.
1: It seems you have very clear vision and also uh, how you verbalize the values. Like you've been really internalizing them, I'm pretty sure for, for some years. So it's great to hear in such a clear way and concise way how you talk about them. And let's get to uh, back to some of them because I'm curious yes. as well more in the practice of those values. So what part about like you mentioned about empathy and also caring about the people, not just on a work level, but personal. How do you uh, create those connections and even have a sense of what's happening in their lives? Uh, I don't know if you use tools or even with a remote, how do you create those connections?
0: You know, I I check in with not only my direct reports, but really everybody on my team um, on a fairly regular basis. I think communication is is really key. Um, Obviously, I think, you know, the last couple of years have been probably the most challenging when it comes to, um, you know, my career and what I think, you know, leaders have have faced, um, you know, leading leading teams through COVID and work from home and a lot of, you know, uncertainty and and mental health, social unrest, like changes to our business. It really sort of forced me to take a step back and reflect a little bit on the type of leader that I, I wanted to be. I've always been very results oriented and for myself personally, I've often equated like my own worth to you know productivity, um, but I think this has been you know over the last couple of years, it's been a really important reminder um, that you know in order to drive results, you really have to take care of your people. And so um, recognizing that everyone's going through different struggles, um, you know whether it was childcare or anxiety or burnout, being there to listen to people um, and realize that you know as hectic as our days can be, um, it's really important to take care of yourself first um, and and giving people the space to do so. And sometimes I have to force people, <laughs> tell them yeah. to take time off because, you know, it's really important for them to be able to step away. I think, um, you know, our, our work and our um, personal lives, the lines are blurred a lot because mm-hmm. of work from home. And people, I think, you know, have to um, force themselves to shut down for the day uh, and I have a lot of Type A people on my team, so it's very, very difficult to sometimes to get them to to step away. But it's so important, um, and so I think just being, um, you know, being there to listen to people, trying to pick up on, you know, signs that maybe they're not verbally um, telling you what's going on, but you can, you know, physically see that they're not, you know, that they're they're struggling. I think those are really important things for leaders to do, um, and and make sure that you're, you know, you're you're just constantly checking in on folks.
1: Uh, and it's a great example as well that you shared about this evolution that you've had, which I can relate to, where maybe before uh, the whole lockdown, be working from home, we didn't see those things in this way, so emphasized and amplified but this focus on productivity that define you and then being able and i think that's quality also of leaders like to adapt and see mm-hmm. okay the needs are different now and i see like different problems or priorities for people and needing yeah. to adapt your style and focus and not just be you know on the productive or result oriented yeah. only
0: i think that the, the thing that i really enjoy about work from home is that we actually are getting snapshots into people's lives i love mm-hmm. being able to see you know kids kids running behind people or, you know, or dogs or, you know, whatever, whatever life distractions sort of happen, I think we're getting to see our, our colleagues in different lights and, and, and seeing that, like, even though we can all be, you know, super productive and really great at what we do, life is happening all around us. And that didn't stop and, and won't stop. It'll continue to happen.
1: Yeah, Totally. And another one which I found interesting and so challenging is uh, transparency as a value and being, you know, as transparent, you also give the right insights, information, timely to people so they can make the best decisions. What's your approach to this, especially again, when you are working remotely, what are the things that you found the most effective when it comes to be transparent and sharing uh, information?
0: Yeah, I think it's um, really important um, and I really encourage all of my team to understand our business. Uh, I think it's really important, no matter what level that you're at, um, that you're taking a look at the numbers, that you're seeing how things are, are pacing, because that knowledge is really powerful. And and so I think, um, you know, that's been uh, just something that I really encourage my team to do is look at, you know, look at how we're performing, look at the trends, look at our competitors, look at the market. Like these are all things that Um, are really important insights for you to have as you're making decisions um, as it relates to your own business. I think if you're just looking solely at what your own contributions are or what your own projects are, you're kind of missing the bigger picture, which is so important um, to understand sort of, you know, the current landscape and, and how you can be most effective in your role.
1: Very, very nice, and I remember as well. On the always we like sometimes you, we think it's sensitive to share too much, or you know, data and own it yeah. as a knowledge. But yeah. actually, it's doing the opposite effect, where actually you give, uh, you empower people. With exactly. With information. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I really, uh, I really enjoy that about um, about Jam City because we we've often operated coming from a very big company like EA, and then coming mm-hmm. to Jam City. Um, it was very different in terms of, you know, what was shared. And I think, that, I think that people can just do better work when they know, you know, when they know how the business is, is, is performing and how their own games are performing. That's super, super critical um, for, for folks to understand.
1: So you were mentioning as well about EA, where you worked for quite some time and I think growing then your career more into like brand marketing and publishing. Can you walk us through as well, through your time at EA, what uh, were you doing and how did this transition happen to Gem City after?
0: Yeah, so I had a really unconventional career path. I started as an executive assistant working for a company that was eventually acquired by EA uh, a mobile gaming company many years ago and i was very fortunate you know after several years of being in that that role where you know one of our leaders had said you know i really see a lot of potential in you and 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 want to move you into my marketing organization but because my path was a little bit atypical i spent a large part of my my early years in my career struggling with imposter syndrome, because I was like, what am I doing in this role? You know, how did I get here? I don't know what I'm doing. You know, Mm -hmm. does everybody else know what they're doing? And I don't. And so, you know, I, I have a really, really deep sense of gratitude for those who mentored me throughout my career, because they really helped me build confidence to know I wasn't handed anything. I worked hard, I really, really tried to learn and understand the business and see how I could even apply you know, some of the skills that I had as an executive assistant to what I was doing, you know, later in in life when it came to, you know, managing partnerships or campaigns that I was running. So I think that that was my time there, I think was really, really, really helpful because it built a lot of the foundation that I was ultimately able to take as I transitioned into into my role at Jam City.
1: It's a great, actually, uh, story and journey, like starting as a, on a role executive assistant and not necessarily related to games or anything and yeah. how uh, you learn and made your path. I'm curious as well, then, at that time, what this other leader in marketing who offered you the job or promotion uh, saw in you but uh, that you couldn't see in yourself?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it was probably, like, my, my determination um, that, that probably, uh, you know, was, was something that, I didn't necessarily see I just thought this is my job I'm just doing you know doing what I'm supposed to be doing um but I think that that you know that was something that probably um you know made them realize there was probably a little more opportunity for me
1: and is there something where you can track back in your I don't know education or childhood that has always made you determine or is something that has developed over time for you
0: I think, uh, you know, I have an amazing mother who's very strong-willed. And so I think I've always seen her determination. um, And that's been a big driver for me, right? Um, Because I've been able to have that sort of model to me from a very young age. Always. I think somewhere we have our
1: role models, either as parents or someone close. So I'm always curious, you know, how what uh, makes uh, shapes people. And um, then going back then to your time at EA. So as you grow as well in your career there, what happened then, okay, after fast forward 12 years, where you felt, okay, it's time maybe to move or go somewhere. What happened? What was the thought process?
0: Yeah. uh, So I I was approached with the opportunity to come Mm -hmm. um, to Jam City. And I think a large part of that was, you know, the idea of being able to build um, something from scratch. So I've always loved that about, you know, about my sort of career and my path when I was at EA. One of the things that I was working on was Android in the very early days of Android, and I loved sort of being able to build that business from scratch um, with my team. And so when I when I saw this opportunity at Jam City, it was to build out their entire publishing um, organization. Mm-hmm. And so you know, although that was something that was definitely pushing me outside of my comfort zone, I realized that that was you know something that I needed to do for me to be able to continue to grow um, as you know as as a professional. And so. I took that leap of faith um, six years ago, and, and I'm so happy that I did. Um, it's not that I didn't love my time at EA and, and get so much from that, um, but I've really, really been able to, to learn and grow so much in my role here. Um, and not only just, you know, as, as I've taken on different sort of responsibilities that have kind of fallen underneath me, but also um, from a leadership perspective. Uh, and that's something that I've you know, been, been really happy to be able to do here.
1: And as you mentioned, like uh, you learned so many things from uh, different phases of career and also based on the organization you're in. So you mentioned, of course, what you've learned, like uh, with this new venture building a whole new department at Jam City and 12 years is quite a long time at EA. Yeah. So is there something like now looking back that you're really grateful of what you've learned, whether it was positive or negative, like something, a challenge, like the things that were very specific to EA? Yeah,
0: I think, um, you know, when I look at the things that I've learned along the way, um, one is definitely, you know, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. I think that's really, really important. Uh, We can all get very comfortable in what we're doing, but you're not learning and growing if you're never Mm -hmm. kind of expanding outside of that. In fact, I think, um, you know, one of the really amazing pieces of advice that I was given at some point by a friend was every role that they've taken has been something new. And so if you're If you're just going to take on a new role and do the same thing, you're not learning and growing. And I thought that was really interesting because um, something that I think women in general probably struggle with a little bit more when they're looking for new jobs or new roles is looking at a job description and seeing, okay, you know... I can do most of this, but there's this one thing that I've never done before. (laughs) And so I shouldn't apply for this job because I don't know what I'm, you know, I'm not qualified for it. Um, And so I think hearing that and saying like, oh, you know what, it's not about what you've done before, but it's about what you, how you want to expand your role and what you want to learn next. And so I thought that was really great advice. And it definitely, uh, of course, pushes you out of your comfort zone um, when you think like that. And I think the other one is, is probably learning to delegate. Um, so as an individual contributor and one, you know, that again, very, very much sort of is focused on productivity, um, as you, you know, grow in your career and you build a team underneath you, it's really important to be able to, to delegate not only for your own sanity, um, but also to empower your team. Uh, and so that's been something that has been really important for me, um, to, to learn, uh. To, to, to really be able to let my team, um, you know, make their own decisions and 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 really give them the autonomy and, and empower them um, to be able to, uh, you know, to own projects from start to finish. Um, you know, I try to be there to support them uh, as they're making those decisions, but I really want them to feel that they have um, the opportunity to, to make those choices themselves. And so delegation is super key. Um, and it's, It's difficult, I think, for type A folks to learn how to delegate. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you do, there's this moment where you're like, okay, go for it. (laughs) You know, take Uh it all, (laughs) go for it, Um, which I really embrace. And I really like also the other
1: key learning that you shared about Going out of your comfort zone and going for positions or roles that may look at first very unfamiliar, right? Because at the end of the day, this is what gives you energy, keep growing, you know, and you you stay sharp. Especially for, I think, our type where I can recognize as well when you say type A, you know, you you want to stay always like, you know, a sharp mind and learn things. And having an organization, so I think that's also one of the benefits of EA, like so big that you can really rotate in different departments and, and roles.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I was in several different teams while I was there um, at EA. So I got the opportunity to have, you know, exposure to different parts of the business. I think what I really enjoy about, you know, Jam City and and something that was very different than EA is that, you know, although we're not small by any means, we're smaller than EA for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we are a very, very collaborative company. And even as we've grown, we've continued to Maintain that same, um, you know, that same mentality, and I think it's been really helpful for me because I have exposure to all parts of the business that I didn't have before. So I remember when I was at EA, you know, our our user acquisition team was, you know, at our headquarters, and we didn't get a lot of visibility into you know, how much, you know, they were doing. Um, we just kind of got like the high level of, you know, we're spending this on these channels and these geos, and that was it. Um, but But, you know, being at Jam City, I have exposure to exactly what we're doing on, you know, on the paid media side. And I think that's really been helpful for me because it's it's given me the insight to be able to have a lot more of a well-rounded understanding of our business because I'm able to intimately understand a lot more of what goes into all of the the parts that make up, you know, make up the sum of the business.
1: So something also I would like to talk about, not related to your career, but more also side activities where you've been involved, it's about the network called CHIEF as a women's leadership network. Could you tell more
0: about it and how you've been involved in this network? Yeah, so I joined CHIEF about two and a half years ago. Actually, Jam City was the one who brought it to my attention mm-hmm. and you know gave it to me as an opportunity. Uh, it's been a really amazing resource for, for me personally, especially Over the last few years, when um, it's been just a lot more challenging for uh, women in leadership roles, and so essentially, it's you know, as part of the membership, one of the things that I find to be most valuable is you get matched with a group of women that are from different industries, um, Mm -hmm. but you're kind of all based in the same location. So we have right now a group of, um, I believe, around eight of us that are based in LA, and we meet monthly. And so uh, as part of that, we have a coach um, that that joins and sort of will help guide us if there's different topics that we want to, to discuss or, you know, if we want to just have sort of more ad hoc conversations. But it's really been helpful um, in, you know, being able to hear different perspectives of how, you know, other females have approached challenges in the workplace or challenges, you know, in their personal lives, lots of mentorship, really amazing networking you know, I, I am constantly, you know, reaching out to these folks, um, you know, when I know somebody is looking for a job, and, you know, I'm able to kind of bounce them off of that network. And they also have really amazing speakers, they've got a speaker series, um, I don't know the cadence of them, but they're fairly often they've had Michelle Obama, they've had some really, really remarkable wow. speakers that that come and, and talk about their journey. And, uh, and so that's been really helpful. And then they have local meetups. So they have um, in certain cities, they actually have a clubhouse where you can go and work out of. Um, so they've got one in West Hollywood that, that we've, we've met up for. Um, so it's a really, really great network. And I think a great resource for any female leader. You know, I think they've continued to expand. I don't know if they're international yet, but they're definitely throughout the US. So I highly recommend, you know, any, any female leaders, check it out. It's been, you know, again, really, really helpful for me.
1: It sounds great and I didn't know about it. I will uh, put the link in the episode notes. I am not sure it's something I've heard of uh, like this in this way in uh, Europe, but it's like what, uh, what you describe, like having this uh, group and similar challenges, but also from other industry might, must be very, uh, enriching in the conversation yeah. and uh, really, uh, facilitated by your coach. I'm pretty sure it's like you learn a lot and grow a lot from
0: this conversation. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's been really helpful because they have a lot of, you know, tools and exercises too, that allow you to kind of look at your day and how you're allocating your time. And, wow. and you know, and it's, and it's really eye opening when it comes to work-life balance, because you realize, you know, although we're from different industries and different walks of life, we're all kind of going through the same thing. So, you know, there's some comfort in knowing that you're not going through things alone and, and, you know, really amazing tools to figure out how you can adjust your priorities to make sure that you are whole as an individual. So, so we are reaching,
1: uh, unfortunately, the end of our conversation and looking like forward a few years from now, what do you feel excited of, you know, learning? And if you think maybe career or personal that the things you'd like to learn or next,
0: I've, do you have thoughts already about this? Yeah, I feel like our industry as a whole is going through a lot of transformations and I'm super excited about that. I think the lines between vi- virtual world and the physical world are blurring and so I'm really excited to kind of see how people approach that um, in new ways. I think, you know, even going through COVID and like seeing how, you know, Fortnite was doing like in-game mm-hmm. concerts and things like that, there's just there's so much opportunity in mobile gaming still to, you know, to this day and so I'm super excited about that. And, you know, obviously coming back from leave just to be able to to jump back into that and see because this industry moves so fast. Who knows what's going to happen, you know, in, in a couple of months um, and, and what sort of new things people are going to be tackling new, you know, game genres and, and new marketing campaigns. And so that, that's what I'm particularly excited about is just being able to kind of see how the industry continues to evolve and, and how we can adapt our own strategies to that.
1: By listening to you, I can feel you're very excited about this. And I think that's something I sense from our conversation today, this um, uh, love for learning, uh, trying different yeah. things and evolving. And games, I think, are definitely, having been there for some time now, seeing all the different phases, we're you know, still on the journey. So Absolutely. Be- <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, Vanessa, for sharing your personal story and all the things we discussed today. It was a great pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time,